Hi, it's Jennifer Diane Ghostin, and welcome to Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land. You may have wondered what reunion looks like from an adoptee's point of view, or be embarking upon taking that journey yourself to search for your first family, or simply want confirmation that you are not alone in your experience, wherever you are on the path of healing and pushing through a trauma. Wouldn't it be empowering to have many of your burning questions answered here? Carmen Hinckley has a passion for writing, especially about adoption, meeting other adoptees, and learning about our unique experiences. Her work has previously been published on the websites Lost Daughters, the Donaldson Institute blog, and recently on Adoptive Voices, a quarterly e-zine. I met Carmen in the Adoptive Voices writing group, where she writes and shares her words in a way that is deeply appreciated by all who listen. And we all look forward to what she'll create next. She recently published an essay entitled That Day in the Park for the e-zine, and all of the facilitators couldn't be more excited for her and the readers who get to know a part of her story. In this episode, Carmen shares her experience as an international adoptee. You are in for a treat as she expresses with so much wisdom her journey to reunite with her birth parents in another country. That is a huge task to accomplish when you live in an entirely different place. Carmen's mother played a major part in making that happen for her. She was supportive during the process of search and reunion, and I want to give her a huge shout-out for that today. Allow me to introduce you to someone I find to be wise beyond her years, able to persevere when the deck is not stacked in her favor, and completely willing to help others be encouraged during the journey to find the missing pieces of their beginnings. I am an international adoptee. I was born in Brazil and I was adopted infant and I was born, let's see, my mother and I, my adoptive mother and I met when I was seven weeks old and then I left the country and was brought to the United States at 11 weeks old. So I was basically as small as I could possibly be at the very beginning of life. And she was a single mother. It was a different experience. I'm not sure that I've met another adoptee that uh, was raised by a single parent. So that has always, that's a whole other aspect of my story. And do you consider yourself a transracial adoptee? You know, I used to. And then as I learned more about the term, I decided that I don't because I was raised with the experience of being white passing with a white mother. So I do not consider myself that, no. Okay, okay. So yes, I was raised uh, in Portland, Oregon, and throughout my life, throughout my growing up life, both my mom and I were interested in finding out anything we could about my birth family, but there were a lot of obstacles. There were just a lot of people we approached that either didn't know information or didn't necessarily want to share it. We were basically told it's a needle in a haystack give up now, you won't find this out, Uh, you know, just continue living your life and, you know, let it be what it's supposed to be and and don't go any further with it. I guess eventually in the long run, once we did reunite, I discovered 
how actually closely linked I was to my birth family. I just had to find those links. I had to find the people that could kind of lead us there. So it's, it's a large world, but it's also a small world mm. once you've got the right track. Um, right. So that was really amazing to once I had the big picture view of of who we needed to talk to and who could get us there. It was really like, oh, well, this was actually here all along, but I had to find it. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of that experience. I like how your mom supported you in knowing your beginnings. Yes, she did. And she has felt the same thing about her own family. She was not adopted. She was raised by her biological parents. But there was a lot of family history on her side that she wanted to know. And so she has always been of the mindset of, you know, find out what you can, go searching for it. You deserve to to know who you are and learn where you came from. So that was how she treated me um, with it. And, it. and I was never persuaded or coerced into it. It was always very much if I was okay with it, if I wanted to, then we would do this. And she actually before we even left Brazil she was speaking to a group of people there she started asking them questions and started trying to find out anything she could um, about my birth family because she told me years later she said I knew you would ask me about this someday and so I wanted to find out whatever I could Mm. so she like she was on board you know on my side with that since the beginning right and so you've always known you were adopted Yes, I have. Um, I don't ever know a time that I didn't know. So I, yeah, I've known my whole life. So mm-hmm. very fortunate for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know that you were a part of like a Brazilian group in the, in the yeah. U.S. Yes. Yeah, so I was. Um, there were a group of adoptees that we came from the same children's home, um, and many of us uh, ended up in the um, in Oregon, some many in the Portland area, but mostly spread out throughout Oregon. We had an opportunity either once a year, or once every few years, we and our families would meet during the summer and have a potluck and, um, you know, just sort of see where we were all at in our lives and, and catch up and, um, and get to know each other. And so that was it was really wonderful to be able to to meet the people that were adopted. Some were adopted before me, some a little after me, but all within sort of a close time range. So that was a really neat experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were able to have some resources mm-hmm. to aid you in a search. I did. Yeah, I did have that. Some of the people that we knew were um, eventually able to help us, but for a little while there, we did not have as much help as we maybe would have liked. But once we did um, get in touch with the people who could help us, it was really fantastic to have that resource. I've heard so many stories about people who, domestic adoptees usually, where they all they have to do is contact the agency uh, through which they were adopted and, you know, within a few weeks or a few months they've you know got contact information and it's just not like that for for international adoptees and I was adopted in the 80s and it's just it's not that simple so and it was a closed it was definitely a closed adoption so when that's the case it's just good luck yeah so it was it was a tough journey sometimes you really are just just trying to find someone and I I remember 
the day I found out that my birth family had been located, the f- I, I, of course, was trying to sort through the millions of emotions and thoughts going through my head. But I remember thinking, I feel like out of the billions of people in the world, we found one. Like we, fa- I mean, we've found the whole family, but but regarding my birth mother, I thought we found the one person we really were searching for this whole time. And I thought, I can't believe out of billions of people, we did it. So mm. that's about, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. So how many years would you go with it being so difficult to find or, or, yeah, to be in reunion? We would search and then we'd take a few years off or I would say, this is too much. I need to stop or, or whatnot. So I would, I think it was probably when I was around 10 or so that we started searching. We would search on again, off again. And then when I was about 21 we made our what my mom sort of considered our final big push for it and that was when it finally happened it was a lot of you know you try and then you get exhausted from trying and then you put it away and then you try again and and you just sort of keep trying a new way you know see if there's somebody else or somebody knows something or whatnot so yeah Mm -hmm. so you've basically thought about your family of origin since you were a little girl yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I would say when I was younger, that it almost sort of scared me because I they were in a foreign country. They were strangers to me. I was very comfortable in my own, you know, in my own city with my own group, my own um, adoptive family. But I did always wonder, I really wondered what they looked like and what what their personalities were like. And then if they ever thought of me every year, she thought of me on my birthday. And I remember thinking, I'm finally getting an answer. Like I, one of the answers I'd always wanted and it's what I wanted to hear. So that was really special. That is really special. Did do you yeah. look like her? In some ways, yes. I very much look like a combination of my birth parents. I have similar facial features to my birth father and then similar physical features to my birth mother. I can I can see how I became me. <laughs> them, so. Yeah. yeah. So you've met your both parents. Birth I parents. have. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. They're both yeah. in Brazil? Uh, they Yes. Um, so they actually have... Since I met them, they have both passed away. But yes, they both lived in Brazil, um, I believe, their whole lives. Okay. Yeah. So I want to talk to you a little bit about your original birth certificate. Do you have that? I'm trying to remember here. There seems to be two versions of it. And one was given to the judge that my mom worked with to finalize my adoption. And that one has my adoptive mother's name on it. And then there's another one that we later found that has my birth mother's name on it. But I'm a little fuzzy on the details of around that. But but yeah, the one that, you know, if I ever had to present it for legal purposes, um, that one has my adoptive mother's name on it. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. Does it have another name other than the one you have now for you? Uh, no. Yeah. yeah, that that document is so significant to a lot of adoptees because mm-hmm. it sometimes has like brand new information, you know, like a, a name given by the birth mom or just things like um, the weight. I've had people say they didn't know how much they weighed at birth, things like mm-hmm. that, or the time. 
of birth because people that are not adopted uh, sometimes may take that for granted and maybe not even be that concerned. But for many of us, it's like, wow, okay, now I know what I weighed or yeah, like I know I see my birth mother's signature. Like those things are so powerful to see for the first time. They are. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Anything really is an adoptee. Any information you can get is, is something. (laughs) Right. You know, (laughs) like we hold on to it. Like it just, yeah, it means so much more than it may mean to someone else not separated from a family of origin. So you have been connected to the adoption community for a while. How long would you say? Yeah. So in many different ways, I've been connected. So I would say it started with the Brazil, the other Brazilian adoptees that I've been connected with. And then several years ago, I found a nonprofit in Portland called Adoption Mosaic, and I began volunteering with them. It's run by the the founder and director of it as an adoptee. And then there have been oh my gosh, birth parents, adoptees, adoptive parents, uh, siblings all across the spectrum that are involved with it. So it's been a really amazing community to be a part of, and I'm still involved with them um, to this day. So I have had that community and then just recently, um, the past few months here, joining the Adoptee Voices writing group. So that's been another community. So the more community you can have around it, the better. You know, the more people who, who you can talk to and who understand and you can see how we're all we're all the same but different is the is probably the biggest takeaway for me that um, so many of our thoughts and feelings around adoption are the same, but our stories can be completely different. But it's what connects us all. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you are such a good writer. I like reading your words and I just want to give a shout. I want to go back and give a shout out to Adoption Mosaic. I would like you to mention who is leading that. Yes, so it's Ostrid Castro. Yeah, I like her. I like her so much, and I have been following her work. So it's good to hear you're a part of that. Yes, yes, she's a good friend of mine. Yes, I'm. I'm always happy to to support them and follow them, and they're they're a wonderful place. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Well, I, too, agree that being connected to the adoption community is probably one of the best things you can do as an adoptee because you a whole lot of explaining you don't have to do. And and I think we do get each other, even if our stories are very different. And I am in a different generation than you are. And I have to say that I was really so glad when you reached out to me to want to be a part of this podcast because so far I've only had a conversation with one other adoptee. I think it's episode five. Corey Quinn is, I want to say 38. And you're how old? 35. 35, yes. So you consider yourself a millennial, right? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah, so I really want, my point is I really want to speak to your generation of adoptees. So I thank you so much for taking the time because, of course, your perspective is going to be a lot different than, say, my generation born in the 60s. So it, it just means a lot to hear from you. Oh, thank you. I'm Well, I'm, I'm finding my adoptee voice and kind of speaking out as I feel comfortable and speaking out a lot through my writing. And um, I've 
I think we all need to hear these stories. I, I don't think that the adoptee voice is heard often enough. And so I really love getting to share my story and hear other stories and just we empower ourselves by sharing. And so I'm always I'm an advocate for that. Definitely. So true. And so are you planning to write a memoir one day? I know you're still kind of young, but it's, yeah. It's, it's, you're, yeah, you're very young. Yeah. Do you foresee that? I hope so. I've been working on it on again, off again for a while now. I think a lot of what's happened is that since my reunion, I see, I thought my reunion would be kind of the end of the story. It would be like, okay. And I reunited and this is how it all went. And then since then, you know, both of my birth parents have died. My half brother got married. There's just been some, there's been more developments in the story since then. So as those have happened, I went, oh, the story isn't over yet. Oh, the story isn't over yet. So kind of have written about those to keep that going. But yes, I someday intend to write a memoir. Yes. And that's a good point. I, I feel like the story really just keeps going because so many things have happened since I've been in Reunion, which was um, in 2012. And so many things have happened since then for me. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, tell me, how about, like, extended family members? You mentioned a brother. Are there yes. other people? Yes. Yeah, so, um, and the day that I met my birth family, I also met uh, my biological grand grandmother and aunt and cousin. And so I... It, it was kind of a, a catch-all day where we met as many people as we could. But my brother has been just, oh my gosh, an incredibly special part of this. I, I grew up as an only child and watched other people grow up with their siblings and really become friends with their siblings as they grew into adulthood. And, uh, you know, I didn't really have that. And when I met him, I discovered he's he's the jackpot for uh <laughs> He's who you would hope to find. Right. That's great. Um, yeah. yeah. He's everything I would have hoped for. So that's been really special to not only find out I have a sibling, but to have it be him. Worldly, sophisticated, kind, and loving. Oh, wow. That is the jackpot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He will contact me when he's heard about something major that happened in the U.S. Um, he's contacting me after presidential elections or he'll contact me telling me about some music he enjoys from somebody in the U.S. or really, you know, old time jazz musicians from the U.S. And just he just knows he's really connected to that. So that's, that's a really great. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is he younger? He's just three years younger. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. I, you know, I often think when people are wondering if they should search because they they don't want to open up Pandora's box, for example, and it'd be crazy or just not good. There's usually something or someone. It may not be the birth parent. You know, it may be a sibling or it may be a cousin. It's maybe just someone within the birth family that it was worth it to, right. to search and be in reunion. Yes. So I'm happy for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, and, you know, he and I both feel grateful and, and lucky to have found each other. And he, I had a birthday the other day, actually. I turned 35 this week. Oh, happy and, birthday. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. He um, wrote a message to me, and part of it was, uh, I'm so, something about I'm so glad that I can tell you happy birthday because for so long I couldn't. And mm. 
I think that just describes it. Like we, we lost something when I was adopted, you know, we, and we lost many, many years of a relationship uh, because of that. And now we have it. I never take for granted, never for a day, take for granted that I have found him. So. Right. I like how he said that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you all look alike? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) He takes after my birth mother more in facial features. I'm glad I'm related to him. (laughs) Right. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's really cool when you can connect, especially with a sibling. And I I know when I met my brother, who's 22 months younger than me, I was like, wow. Because I grew up up as an only child as well. And so it was kind of cool to have a sibling. You know, and I'd be an older sister. I, I just liked all of that. And then we just clicked. We have a lot of the same interests. I was glad to know I had a sibling and that we clicked. So I get what you're saying. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's so important. And and like I said, when you when you grow up as an only child, it's just this extra, extra special. That's what it feels like to me to find that person. Now, do you think you might have children yourself? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if I will. I know that some adoptees that I've spoken to either don't want to have children or if they have them, they want to have biological children because they they want to have because they grew up with the family that they weren't biologically connected to. And so they want to start their own biologically connected family. I'm, I'm not sure. We'll see. Yeah, I've heard both, too. You can go one way or the other. It just it's mm-hmm. so both are fine. Does your brother have kids? No, and I don't know what their plans are. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. He he is married. He got married. Well, I think I mentioned that he got married a few years ago, and um, he's been with his wife. Oh gosh, I think they've they started dating. I think when they were teenagers. Um, so it's it's been a very long term relationship for him, which yeah. is really wonderful. yeah. yeah. But, you know, you having your mother's support is really a big one for me when I learned that because a lot of adoptive parents aren't supportive in adoptees searching. And I think, and I'm really thinking of my era, so, you know, a generation older than you. So what I'm, what I'm learning is perhaps starting around the 80s, we'll say, adoptive parents started to have a, a, a better look at this Thing called adoption. So I'm really mm-hmm. happy to know that she, that that was important. She knew that was important, that you knew you had her support. And I think that's really important for adoptee to feel comfortable enough to search. Yes, it was. Yes, absolutely. It was, it was that. And I also think that she, you know, hoped to someday come face to face with the woman who gave birth to me and to thank her for that. There are other people in my adoptive family uh, who were adopted. They don't necessarily have the same story I do or even the same desires. And so I'm happy to, you know, that this is how it worked out for me. So, yeah. What would you share with those who are interested in searching for original family members? I guess the first thing I would say is think about why you want to search. Um, mm. I mean, I, I know why I did, uh, but I think uh, asking yourself, that. What are you searching for? Yeah. What what 
the reason. And once you've determined that or the multiple reasons, probably the scariest part is to be prepared for anything. So that's anything from having a reunion where, you know, there's basically a symphony playing in the background. all the way to to a rejection and you just don't know. And so I, like many adoptees, I don't like the idea of rejection, but I had a good support system going into it. And I knew that if that did happen, I have a lot of people helping me out, but I would say just, you know, tread slowly and be ready for anything um, would be my advice. I agree. That's great guidance. What would you say is the most valuable thing you've learned about being in reunion? Well, besides your uh, brother. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, I think it's feeling connected to something, feeling like you, you've met the people that you share DNA with is, has been really valuable to me to be able to, to know out of all the billions of people in the world, this is who brought me here. This is who I'm connected to. So there's, there's that part of it. And then I think just always remembering how fortunate I am that this was the result for me. And just, it's the most incredible thing that's ever happened to me. And to hold that close and never take it for granted and, and to keep up the relationships that you find and that you form um, as a result of reunion. Learning your beginnings is is pretty important, I think, too. Yeah. Yeah. So in closing, is there anything I didn't ask you that you would like to leave with the adoption community, adoptees um, specifically? And I'm going to say international adoptees specifically. Sure. Trying to think. I'm I'm kind of going through my notes here and trying to see if there's um, anything else that I want to say. I think it is, in my experience, tougher to reunite when you're an international adoptee, but I do know people who have done it and it is possible. So I would say to persevere if that's really what you want. I know that before our search finally worked, I tried to convince myself that if we didn't find anything or anybody that I would be okay. But I knew there was going to be a hole inside of me that wouldn't ever really be filled. So I think trying to just understanding that whether you meet your entire birth family or whether you find one piece of something, one one little one little piece from your story, whether it's a picture or it's a fact or anything like that, it's worth it. Um, if you were looking for something about your beginnings and you found anything at all, I think it's that makes it worth it. So uh, that was how I how I felt before I knew that we were really going to find them. And just to take care of yourself during the whole process, you know, it's a very emotional process and it's just like an out-of-body experience when you finally get to that moment of, of the actual reunion. So take care of, take good care of yourself and have a good support system is also really important. Uh, that was key for me in all of this. So I would say that too. Very, very good. And, you know, I hope you'll come back on in the future because like you say your story is it's still going it's still unfolding and I'm sure you have a lot to share in the future about where where you are so thank you again for for doing a conversation with me having it yes thank you for having me on here I appreciate it I simply love chatting with younger generations especially adoptees like Carmen 
I learned so much about international adoptees having to navigate a search and reunion. I better understand the difference between international and transracial adoptions. Carmen's ongoing connection with her biological brother is simply the best. He is the jackpot when it comes to having a sibling who is just as happy to know you as you are to know him. I often say that an adoptee might not have a relationship with a birth parent upon reunion, but if you find another family member, such as a sibling, then search and reunion is so worth it. Thank you, Carmen, for having a conversation with me. I appreciate the guidance you shared in this episode for others, and I have no doubt that you will have one fantastic memoir to publish one day based on your lived experience as an international adoptee in Reunion. If you like Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land, leave a review, subscribe, or give a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts so others can find it too. During the course of your day, be sure and tell at least one friend or someone who you believe might find value in it. Remember to share this podcast on social media to spread the word. Hashtag Adoptee Land. Thank you for being here.